Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ned Belvance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for September 18th, 2020. Wow, blanked on it there. Why do I always trip up on the dates? I don't know why. It's just because it's been a day. It's been another one of those crazy days. This is, I did two podcasts today. This is my live stream, and then I have to record a video after this <laughs> for a client. So, wow, it's it's kind of crazy. But today's topic, it's going to be cool. It's going to be exciting. We are going to do the last portion of the Vault CLI objective. So we've done two weeks of this already. This is the last one. But honestly, you're going to be interacting with Vault using the CLI a lot. So it's probably good to understand how to use it. We're going to get to the API in a later objective as well. So that's the topic for today. In terms of housekeeping, the only thing I want to say is that I may have mentioned this uh, on Terraform Tuesday, but I've started writing the Vault certification guide that I talked about. Officially started writing it, and I'm going to get it pushed up to LeanPub this weekend. Now, it's not done. I've so far finished two of the nine, ten objectives. I've, I've so far finished two within the guide. So I thought that's a good start. So if you wanted to purchase it, you can. And then as new updates are published, you'll just get the newest version that has each objective completed. And then it's going to go into tech review when that's done. And so you'll get the tech reviewed version. So you could start studying now and just kind of follow along. I'm going to write it as fast as I can. But you know, I've only got so much time on my hands. But I thought I would make it available if that's something that's of interest to you. So that's the only housekeeping item I have. Before we dive into the topic, let's check in. How are you? What's going on? What's what, what's happening on Friday? Maybe you, you've already finished your day. Maybe you're over in the EU somewhere and you're kicking back with a drink, enjoying uh, enjoying the view of whatever you have in front of you uh, and enjoying the, the getting ready to enjoy the weekend. Perhaps you're on the West Coast and you're still ooh, you're still slogging it through getting ready for lunchtime. So I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on with you, but I hope you're doing all right. And I hope things are going OK for you and that you've got a good, maybe a relaxing or exciting weekend planned. Something something worthwhile. So let's dive into the topic, which is the Vault CLI. And before I do that, it looks like I've got something eating up my CPU. That's no good. And it's Firefox, which shouldn't be running at all. So we're just going to kill Firefox. Not literally. I mean, it's like it's a figurative thing, right? Okay. All right. So Firefox just finally released all the things that it had running. Thank you, Firefox, for doing that. Okay. That should get us down to a reasonable CPU. I really got to switch over to that other streaming desktop. Anyway, so I'm going to just go ahead and share out my screen. Now, the thing that I wanted to talk about today was the Vault CLI. There's two objectives left, roughly. And the first objective is configuring or enabling secrets engines. And the second one is configure environment variables. So those are the two things that I want to cover. And I've kind of got something going on here that we can use to test through these. And these are available on GitHub, these like step by step things, all available on GitHub if it's of interest to you. So let's start by getting our dev instance of the vault server running. So I'm gonna go ahead and copy that and paste it down here. That'll get vault server up and running the dev instance of it so that you can kind of mess around with it. And what is going on? I don't know why things are uh, frames are skipping. That's not happy. Something's running in the background that's angering the old computer. Oh, I see what it is. So we're going to end that too. 
All right, maybe that gets us down where we need to be. Lovely. Okay, so let me stop that service from running because this is really bothering me now. Um, it was the backup service, Backblaze, that I used to back up my computer. All right, it stopped. So hopefully that does it. I don't know why it was taking up so much room. Anyway, so we got the Vault dev server up and running. Let's go ahead and grab our token, our root token here. And we're gonna go to another window that I have set up and we're gonna set an environment variable. Wait a minute, that's one of the topics. That's one of the things that we needed to cover. So the environment variable we are going to set is Vault ADR, A-D-D-R, Vault underscore A-D-D-R. And that environment variable basically tells Vault where it can find the Vault server when you're running from the command line. And for the dev server, it's HTTP colon slash slash 127.0.0.1 colon 8200, because that's the port that it uses by default. Now I'm setting this through PowerShell, but if you're in a Linux type thing, then you can use the export command to do it. That one works too. Okay, so now that we have that set, we can log into Vault by doing Vault login. You've seen this before. And I'm gonna paste in my root token. Now I'm authenticated as root, we can move forward. Now, the first command we want to look at is the Vault secrets command. So I'm gonna run Vault secrets dash H, and that's going to show us some information about what we can do with the Vault secrets command. We can enable and disable a secrets engine. We can list out the existing secrets engines. We can move a secrets engine to a new path, or we can tune one. So let's first look at what Vault secrets are enabled by default by doing Vault secrets list. So when we do that, we can see we've got cubbyhole, identity, secret, and sys. So secret's the only one that you really use. That's a key value secrets engine. Now let's enable an additional secrets engine because that's one of the objectives. The command for that is vault secrets enable. The, <clears throat> the path that you want to install the secrets engine on, we're gonna install it at KV2 the version of that secrets engine, if it supports versions, not all of them do, but some of them do. And then KV is the type of secrets engine. So that's the full command, that's the syntax. So when we run this down here, we now should have an enabled secrets engine. I can go ahead and list out the secrets engines again, and you'll see KV2 is one of the secrets engines and it's of type KV. All right, that's pretty cool. Now. What if we got the path wrong? What if we wanted to change where the secrets engine is mounted for some reason? Maybe our naming convention changed or something. That's where vault secrets move comes in. We can change what the path is for this secrets engine by doing vault secrets move, the current path of that secrets engine, and then the new path. So we're gonna move it from KV2 to secret2. So I'm gonna go ahead and run that. Now, when you run a move, this is important to know. It's going to move all the data because it's really just changing a tag, essentially where this thing is mounted. But it immediately invalidates any existing leases to this secrets engine. So if any leases are currently using the secrets engine, those are all invalidated. They'll need to be recreated. So that's just important to know. You'd probably want to do this during like maintenance time or something like that. Okay, so we've moved it. If we do vault secrets list again, we can now see that we've got secret and secret two. So we successfully moved 
our vault secrets engine, the key value secrets engine. Now there's also this tune command and there's been a bit of confusion about the tune command. The tune command is basically to configure some settings. So if we just do vault tune, or I'm sorry, vault secrets tune dash H, if I could type, there we go. It'll give us a whole listing of things that you could configure about a particular secrets engine, stuff like the auditing for request keys and response keys, the default least TTL, the description of this vault secrets engine, the listing visibility, max TTL. So there's a bunch of options that you can specify in here. If we wanted to say, update some information about the vault secrets uh, that we have at secrets too, the way that we could do that is vault secret tune. Let's say we wanna change the description. So we'll do dash description equals the updated description. And then we could also change a setting like the default least TTL, we can change that to 30 minutes. And then the path of the secrets engine that you want to tune or configure. So you can kind of think of tune, think of configure. That's basically what it is. So I'll go ahead and run that. Now it's been configured. Now the way you can see these additional settings is by doing vault secrets list dash detailed. And that will give you an expanded detail. And I think there's a JSON one too. Is there a, no, there's not a JSON flag. There's, there's a flag where you can get this as JSON instead of a table. But the important thing here is we can see under default TTL, it now says 1800. And if we, instead of doing a detailed view, just do a list view, because that's a little easier to see, we can see that the description for this vault secrets engine has been updated. Okay, very cool. Now, if we want to configure things about the key value engine, we can learn more about it by using the path help command. So I've talked about path help before. Path help is super helpful when you're trying to figure out what you can do on a particular path. So if we wanted to know some intricacies about this secrets engine, we could do vault path help and then secret to slash. That'll tell us what are some available paths here. And one of them is config. So we can configure some additional things about this key value store. If we do path help for config, it'll tell us that we can set the max versions, CAS required, which is a Boolean value, and delete version after a certain duration. So if we wanted to change the max versions, we would do vault write the path that we wanna write this new value to, which is secret to slash config. And then the key value pair is max versions equals five. If we do that, now that has been updated and we can read the config by doing vault read secret to slash config, that'll read back out these three values that you can configure inside the engine. So it's a little confusing because some of the properties of the secrets engine you configure using tune and some of the properties you configure within the secrets engine itself. The thing is the properties for the tune are generally consistent across all secrets engines, whereas the config details are specific to each secrets engine. So that might be an easy way for you to remember that. All right, so that's secrets engines with the CLI. I hope that all makes sense. The last thing I wanna talk about is environment variables. We've already seen one. There's actually a pretty long list of environment variables. So I recommend just going to the vault documentation and kind of taking a gander at them. But the ones I wanted to highlight, vault token, vault underscore token, I should say. If you set this to a token value, that's the value it's gonna use for all of your vault commands. 
even if you do vault login and specify a different token, does it doesn't matter, it's still gonna use whatever you have in this environment variable. So remember that if things seem to be working weird. Vault underscore ADDR, we saw, that's the address of the vault server it should use for its commands. Another one is vault format, and that specifies the output type from the CLI. By default, it's table, but you can set it to YAML or JSON, either one's available. And vault skip verify, allows you to skip verifying the vault cert. So if you're working in like a dev test scenario where you don't have an officially trusted cert, you can set this to true, and then you don't have to worry about all the certificate errors that vault is gonna come up with. Don't do this in production, but it's available to you. There's also a bunch of other certificate related things and some other options. So definitely look through the environment variables and just familiarize yourself with some of them. So that's everything I have for today. I'm gonna to publish this up to the GitHub repo so that you can take this for a spin if you want to. Uh, until next week, thank you so much for watching. Stay healthy and stay safe, everybody. Bye for now.